Lord God, wake us up to a worship for you now this fall. In the midst of all this struggle, may our worship not stop. And all of God's people said, Well, I am not Pastor Tim. You may have noticed that. So it is great to be with you, Summit Point Church. Uh, This is not a COVID issue, if you can believe that this week with everything that's going on. But uh, be praying for Pastor Tim. He uh, fell on uh, Thursday evening and broke uh, about three ribs. And uh, I I talked to him yesterday on the phone for a little while. And uh, he said, actually, he says, I'm doing okay as long as I don't move or breathe. And uh, he just uh, cannot get around much at all. And so just be praying for him and for Jonna, who is uh, caring for him. And uh, so I got the, the nod here on Friday. He sent over his outline. And uh, so we're just going to pick up and just keep rolling here uh, as we are working through this uh, series here, Light the Fire. And uh, kind of walking through 1 Timothy and uh, excited to be continuing in that. If you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, we're going to pick up there in verse 6. So 1 Timothy 4, 6. And if you remember here in this book, this is uh, the Apostle Paul who wrote uh, 1 Timothy's writing to Timothy. And uh, so here is the Apostle Paul writing to this young pastor uh, who is pastoring this, this church plant, actually, that, that Paul had established. And, and uh, Timothy was, was very close to Paul, and uh, he had really his protege as he had uh, really brought him under his wing and trained him through there. And so uh, we're going to see even through this passage some of those remarks here as he's really encouraging this young pastor. And uh, through this, uh, we're going to see a whole lot of things that apply to us uh, in our situations here this week as well. If you're taking notes, uh, point number one is prioritize good stewardship, both body and soul. Prioritize good stewardship, both body and soul. Starting in verse 6 here, Paul writes this. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, being trained in the words of faith and of good doctrine that you have followed. So he starts off, if you put these things before the brothers, and what things is he talking about here? Well, if you look back at the earlier part of chapter 4 and the end of last week's message here, you see uh, there were a number of things, very legalistic things that were being promoted that he's refuting here. And in uh, verse uh, 5, he says, uh, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. And basically whatever God's given, verse 4 says, to take it with thanksgiving. And so he's been teaching through these truths and he's going to continue in that and he says look if you if you take these things and you put them before the brothers and really it's generic here brothers and sisters here if, if you just continue to teach these things to the believers here he says you will be a good servant of Christ of, of Christ Jesus literally what he's saying here is if you just continue to faithfully Uh, teach these things, then you will be really an excellent minister here uh, for Jesus Christ. 
And so he's just stressing the importance of just faithfully teaching God's words and the truth of God's word. And he says that as being trained, being educated, being, being, being nurtured here. Uh, it's interesting that this word train uh, is actually in the, in the Greek, it's gymnazo. Uh, it sounds kind of familiar of, of uh, gymnasium, gymnastics. Right, it's, it's this idea of training, of exercising uh, these things. And he's going to follow that uh, theme here a little bit in the next few verses here. But he's saying, you have been trained, you've been, been, been exercised, you've worked out in these things, kind of the idea of faith, of faith, of, 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 of doctrine, of, uh, of, of what, uh, what it is that the Scripture teaches and, and that, and of, and of good doctrine, he says. Uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the teachings here uh, that, that God has laid out for us on how we should live. Of faith and of, and of good doctrine that you have followed. That's, it's one of the phrases here I, I actually underlined in, in, in my Bible because I think it's just so important. It wasn't just that he knew uh, the beliefs of what Scripture teaches, that, that, he didn't, that it wasn't that he just knew doctrine, but he actually was living it out. The faith, the doctrine that you have followed. James 1 talks about being not just a hearer of the word, but being a doer of the word. And that's literally what what. what Paul is writing here to Timothy and saying, look, you've been getting it done. You're actually putting it into action. You're following through on these things. And I think it's, it's always a, an important lesson for all of us. Uh, not just that we come in, not just that we sit under good teaching, that is important, but even more so that, that we are applying and putting those truths into action. Uh, a lot of what we're doing in our impact groups here uh, every other week when we meet and get together and we walk through the passage and kind of reflect back from the sermon and, and from the passage from there and the other passages as well. As well. And then we kind of end that time with, now what am I going to be going after here this week because of it? How do I apply it in my life? And, and that's an important truth for all of us to be practicing there as well. And he continues on in verse 7, says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Saying, be careful, Timothy. Don't, don't give any time. Uh, really just reject all of this irreverent, these worldly, profane. Uh, the idea of irreverent is it's, it's the opposite of holy. And he says to just put away any of these irreverent, unholy uh, really almost even trivial uh, things, these myths that, that, that may come up and to be promoted. Kind of, we would say it this way, stay away from those old wives' tales. You know, just, just those things that, that, that aren't even true, that just been passed down and that somehow get elevated almost to the level of truth. He's saying, look, avoid all of those things, but rather train yourself for godliness. But instead of that, what he's saying is train, same word again, gymnasium, gym, gymnazo, the we get gymnasium from. Train, exercise yourself to godliness. Exercise yourself to godliness. 
So trained, uh, really godliness, it's, 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 uh, it's from a, of godly, being like God. Um, literally, it's, 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 uh, it's the purity of heart that leads to the purity of action. It's the going after godliness, going after those spiritual things. And uh, Paul here t- is telling Timothy, train yourself, exercise yourself, start working out here in godliness, in your spiritual life. Verse 8, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. For bodily training is of some value. Bodily training is of some value. I'll be honest, I kind of like the King James uh, version of this, it says, but, but bodily training... Uh, profits little. Okay. It's a tough crowd today here. <laughs> so bodily training does profit some. It's kind of what Paul is saying here. Working out and taking care of the physical, it does have a place. And, and really, but he's drawing a comparison and saying, look, the, the bodily training here, it, it has some value. So stay fit. Uh, take the time to work out and to exercise and to be a good steward of the physical body, uh, but also know, uh, especially the older you get, the more, it just takes more and more work, doesn't it? And not only that, it just seems like the more that you build up here in, in, in physical training and then you stop for just a short period of time and you'll lose it like that. Right? It is something that is very quickly fleeting, it seems. And, and here Paul is saying, look, it's not that we want to totally ignore that at all. On the contrary, no. It does have value. It should be a part of the things that we're going after, that we are good stewards of our bodies and, and what God has entrusted to us for a short period of time. Everybody say short period of time. Yeah, that's right, because these bodies are, 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 are deteriorating, and it will come, there will come a day in eternity that we will get a new glorified body. And everybody said? Amen. amen. And trust me, Pastor Tim is really saying amen right now. Right. And, and so we know this, and we, we know that uh, uh, there, there is uh, some importance in this, but, but it also... It's something that can be very uh, fleeting here. And it says, while uh, physical training, while physical training does have some value, godliness is of value in every way. It holds the promise for this present life and also for the life to come. For godliness has value in every way. Everybody say every. Every. In every way, in all ways. It's an all-encompassing uh, a term here. And so godliness benefits us in all areas. It benefits us in the here and now as we're doing life and walking through day in and day out. And it also benefits us for all eternity to come. And so he's saying, look, keep working out, keep exercising, do those things, take care of your body as best you can, but know that that taking care of your spiritual life and pursuing godliness is of more value, and it's something that's going to benefit 
for all eternity. It will benefit in every way. And so spending time beholding God's glory in worship and spending time in the word and in prayer, it will bring a transformation in your life one degree of glory at a time. That it's worth it. That it's something that should take a priority in our time and efforts and that we're going after hard in. He continues, he says, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Literally saying, look, this is true and it needs to be believed. And we're seeing the emphasis here uh, that Paul is making. He's saying, now pay attention to this. Everybody needs to agree on this fact here. That, that, that pursuing godliness is the most important thing and the highest priority to be going after in verse 10, for to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God. For to this end, we toil and strive, we labor. And, and that word strive, it actually kind of almost to, to the point of suffering for this because we have our hope set on the living God. He's saying, look, pursuing godliness is hard work. Amen? Pursuing the things of God and working on your spiritual life and your relationship with Jesus Christ is hard work. But why do we do it? Because we have our hope set on God. Because of our focus, because of our priority. So while we want to prioritize good stewardship of the physical body, even more prioritizing that of the soul, of our spiritual life, of our relationship with Jesus Christ. It says, because our hope is set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Because our hope is set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people. Okay, we, we see in so many ways that the creator and sustainer of this universe, who, who has extended this call to salvation to all men, although all are not saved, but, but the invitation is open, and yet even in the midst of that continues to sustain all of creation. And the sun comes up and the rains come down and everything that we need for life and living in this time that God continues to sustain and work. We call this the common grace to all people. And that everyone benefits from the fact that Jesus Christ is on the throne. Amen? And so we see he's the savior of all, but especially those who believe. Those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and, and has the, the, the hope, the certainty, the guarantee of spending an eternity in heaven despite our problem of sin. And not only that, that we have the creator of the universe who loves us and who's right here with us in relationship with us each step of the way, each day, in and out, in the good times and in the bad times. But especially for those who believe he is our savior, amen? Amen. And so um, we see here, it, it's hard work. We need to, to, to know the word. We, we need to know uh, our God and that we need to follow him completely. I'd sum it up this way. We need to be as devoted to godliness as an athlete 
is devoted to training. We need to be going after it like that. And as, as I was kind of mulling over that uh, here in the last day, um, and, and kind of working through that a little bit, it's like, okay, so, so how do we do that? What does it look like here to, to start working out spiritually, right? He's using that analogy and saying, look, keep working out, keep, keep working on the physical, but even more, start your workout program spiritually. And so what does that look like? How do we work out spiritually? Here's uh, six tips Six workout tips spiritually for you. And I'm going to tell you, there is nothing new here. I am sure you have heard all of these from up front here, probably in the last year at least. Uh, This is nothing original. But these are six things that honestly have really just helped me in in, in my own quiet times, in my own time with the Lord here uh, daily. So here you go. Number one, set a time and a place. Set a time and a place for, for daily working out spiritually. We, we do it physically, right? But I, I literally, and it's over time and things that I've had different places at different times, but literally I have a chair in our bedroom. And my wife just was so gracious here just within the last year, bought me a new chair. And this one's even comfortable. Okay, this one's nice. And literally, it's just like every day, and I kind of get up, I get some coffee, and I'm kind of uh, spend a few minutes with her. She heads off to work. I go upstairs. I get ready. And then I go and sit down in that chair before I take off for work and, and spend a few moments. Just having that set place and time just helps with the discipline of, of doing that daily. And so I, I encourage you, set a time and a place. Uh, what, what should I be reading? Hey, guys, there is all kinds of different programs and things like that. If you don't have anything, we have a great reading plan. That's, it's on the church app uh, that you can uh, uh, just daily reading plan that ties right to the sermon series as well. And if, if you don't have anything else, I would highly encourage you to do that. Uh, it's a, a great way to kind of follow along there and just some, some great passages here each day. Number two, <clears throat> remove your phone. Remove distractions. For me, man, especially in the morning here and starting about 7 o'clock and, and you start getting the emails and start getting the phone starts buzzing and phone calls, different things like that. And if it's there, the temptation is right there, right? And, and it buzzes and you're quick to look and then all of a sudden I'm distracted. I'm answering an email or doing something like that. And so just taking it and putting it somewhere, remove distractions. Number three. One of the things I, I try to do is just as I start off, I, I just pray this. Speak to me, Lord. I, I want to hear from you. Just, that, just kind of open up before I, as I'm opening up. as Lord, just, just speak to me. It, it may seem a little cheesy, but for me, it just helps to, to just say, Lord, I'm inviting you to speak to me as I look into your word. And I'm recognizing I'm not just checking a box here. I'm actually listening to what you have to say to me. So I pray, speak to me, Lord. I want to hear from you. Number four, as you read, this is another uh, little tip. Got this from Tim years ago and stuff. As you're reading through there, look for those verb words. Uh, I'm an action guy. I'm always kind of, okay, what do I do? What do I do with? And you look for those verb, look for those action words. 
And literally, I'll go through and just kind of mark those as I'm going through, because you get a real good idea of what that passage is about when you look at the verbs, when you look at those action words. Number five, as I'm reading, as I am, I'm, I'm looking for the behold. I'm looking to, I'm really asking my quest, the question in my mind here, what can I celebrate you, Lord, in this passage? What can I celebrate about God in this passage? And as you read through that, I'm looking for that behold, that what, what is it that I can worship you over from what, I'm, from what you're saying to me and what I'm reading here today? And then lastly, when I'm, when I'm finished up with the passage, then I'm trying to pull it all together into to one thing here. What's one thing that I'm going to go after today because of what you just said to me, Lord? What's one thing that I can take to be going after today from this passage? Set a time and a place, remove distractions, invite the Lord Jesus into this time. Lord, Lord speak to me. Uh, look for those action words. What's one thing I can celebrate God about that I can worship him over? And then what's one thing I'm going to go after today because of this passage. Those six tips right there have just been, over time as I've kind of just really thought through those and incorporated that, has, has helped my quiet time immensely. And maybe some of them will help you as well. You know, we're talking about working out and, and that. and I, I, This has been kind of a, well, this has been a really weird year with everything going on, but especially over the, this last number of months and, and not only with most other areas of life, but also my, my working out and stuff has, has really just kind of changed uh, drastically here through the months. And I was kind of reflecting back of that and kind of pre-COVID, right? We went into lockdown, I think March 15th was the first, it was that Sunday was when we went into lockdown, right? But, you know, before that, I was actually doing pretty good with working out. And, and I, was, I was training in jujitsu kind of two, three times a week. And I, we were lifting at the gym and, and really kind of gotten some good routines. And then, of course, everything closed. So, you know, then it was like, okay, so now here we are at home. And I, I've got some things in the basement, area to work out and stuff too. And, and so what are we going to do? What am I going to do? And so I, I you know, started uh, just kind of pulling out some old workouts, kind of some CrossFit type uh, wads there, that, you know, workouts of the day and doing some things like that. Um, yeah, just, uh, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, do, doing that, I was, uh, I came across a, a book and actually I, I Someone recommended it, and I uh, uh, read this book called Jailhouse Strong. And uh, it's a really interesting book. And what this guy did is he went into prisons, and he went in, because you see all of these guys, and a number of years ago, they took all the weights and stuff like that out of the prisons. And, and yet these guys just kept getting bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger. And he went through and kind of mapped out all of their workout routines that, that these guys will do in prison and just bulk up and just mass all within their tiny cells with no weights. No, it's all body weight type stuff. And so I, I read through that and that kind of got me fired up because, you know, I kind of felt like I was in prison at that time. And, uh, you know, so I go downstairs and start working through that. And then I got into the spring. My wife and I, uh, we joined this uh, virtual race 
And so we, we would be walking miles each day and logging it in and keeping track of that as we were doing this and just putting in a lot of miles and exercising that way. And, and so we, we've kind of done a number of different things. Here's my conclusion. Ready? I'm going to sum it all up when it comes to working out. It's more important that I work out than how I work out. Does that make sense? It took me about six months to figure this, right? It's more important that I work out than it is how I work out. So as we're talking about working out spiritually, the principle applies the same. It's more important that we're doing it than it is what particular program or plan that we're doing at any given moment. It's more important that we're taking that time of personal worship and in God's word and in prayer than it is worrying about all the different plans that are out there. It's, it's less about checking off the, the list and more about the priority and focus of my worship. So let me ask you this. How's your workout plan? How's your workout plan spiritually? How's it going right now? How's, how's your plan for, for spiritual growth? Maybe ask it this way. What might be hindering you right now in your spiritual workout? What, what, what maybe needs to change or, or what do we need to add to or maybe we need to remove in the area of distractions that's getting me away from spending that time with the Lord. I don't quote Nike very much these days, but you still can go back to that phrase, just do it, right? And that's really what Paul here is talking about. When it comes to spiritual, our spiritual life, the pursuit of godliness, it's important in every way. Just do it. Point number two. Ensure the church is God-centered and word-guided. Ensure that the church is God-centered and word-guided. Picking up in verse 11, and, and you're going to see here, there are actually 10 different imperatives, 10 command statements that we see here in, in these uh, um, verses here, these six verses here. And uh, first he starts off with command and teach these things. Two of them right there. He's saying, Timothy, look, this is what I just was talking about. Command and teach these things. He's saying, look, expect this. Communicate this. Drive towards this thing and teach these things to your people here, Pastor Timothy. Be, be going after this. Direct in this way. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth. But set an example. But set the believers an example. And so he says, look, Timothy, don't let people look down on you for your youth. And so it begs the question then, well, how old was Timothy? And it's, at that time, Timothy would have been probably in his early 30s. And so here he is pastoring this church, a younger man in that society, much like it is in, our, in different parts of our society, age was something that was looked up on and, and younger guys may not have had the credibility 
that older guys were. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I turned 51 today. Today's my birthday. So, hey, thank you. At 51 is very different than 31 in a lot of ways. But, but also just in, in the, the years of experience and, and the credibility and a lot in the, the knowledge and, and all that goes into that. And I think back over, over the, the many years of ministry and, and, and things uh, and, and where I'm at now, um, you know, Timothy had, really Paul's saying, you, you may have a little bit of a credibility issue. And so, how do you overcome that credibility issue? And so, he says, look, this is the way you do it. You start setting an, an example. And when people see the example that you're setting, it's going to outweigh the fact that you're a younger guy. They're going to listen to you, and they're going to follow and respond to the things that you're saying because of these areas. And, and he gives us a list of five things. I'll tell you what, this is a fantastic list. If you want to kind of go through and evaluate how you're doing and where you're at, these five things are uh, just a fantastic list here and really what Paul's telling Timothy to be going after. He says, so set an, uh, an example to the believers uh, in, first, in speech, in the things that you say. I would even go further and say, and sometimes it's uh, to set an example in speech is not even as much as the things that you say, but also in the things that you don't say <laughs> and the filter and the discernment that we have and the things that you talk about, the things that you make jokes about, the things that, that, that uh, are coming off of your mouth as it relates to whatever the issues or people or whatever else. Set an example in the speech and the things that you say. Set an example, secondly, in conduct and the things that you do. do. Do the things that you do match the things that you say. And as people are looking at your actions and as you're going about and doing life and, and they see your behavior, is it something that, that, that's, that's worth following after? To set an example in conduct. And three, set an example in love. I'd say this way, in how you treat people. And uh, is, is this a, a, a sacrificial, this word agape? It's a sacrificial love, putting the needs of others over your own, being loving and caring to people. Whether that's an encouraging thing or at times maybe even a challenging thing that you're doing because you love them and want their best interest at heart. So in speech and conduct and love, and in faith, uh, and in faith, and probably the, the more the idea of this word here in faith is more in the idea of, of faithfulness, in, in following through and consistency and seeing that over and over, a little more of really the idea of faithfulness over uh, even just knowledge and belief system, but uh, it's kind of still in the word a little bit, but, uh, but, but are, are you faithfully living it out? Do we see a consistency in that? And then in purity. Impurity, uh, the idea that is it's moral cleanness. It, it has the, it really is an all-encompassing here of mind and heart and body, especially uh, being very careful of sexual temptation. Uh, it was very prevalent in Timothy's circumstances there as it is here and now. Having those, the, the, those wise fence lines in place to, to guard against Sexual temptation, 
purity. And so he lays that out, being an example here to overcome the, the, maybe the, the, the age credibility issue here. He says, look, you be an example in speech and in conduct and in love and in faith and in purity. He says that you do those things and, and, and people are going to want to follow. So the challenge to us as well. There's some great things to be going after there. Timothy's exemplary life w- would overcome any youthfulness that people would be hesitant to, to follow. Verse 13, he says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. So Paul says, until I can actually come back and visit you again. Remember, this is a church plant of Paul's that Timothy has, has taken over. He says, and, until I come to you, here's what I mean. Make sure you're going after these things. The public reading of God's word. The sitting down and in a corporate setting, opening up God's word and walking through a passage. Kind of just like what we're doing right here. And so it's the reading of God's word. It's the exegeting of that. Hey, this is what God says. This is what it means. Kind of is the idea. The public reading of God's word and then also in exhortation. Hey, this is how to apply it. This is how to take the truth of God's word and start applying it in your life. One of the things we're always trying to do is at least to give that macro application of here's how it applies. Now you take that and really apply it into the day in and day out micro application areas of your life. But in the public reading of scripture and in exhortation and in teaching, teaching, another word for that there, teaching is doctrine. It's, it's how you take the things of Scripture and you make it a, put it into like a systematic theology. The, the idea is, really Paul is saying, look, you need to be, uh, this is what God's Word says, this is how you apply it, and this is how it all fits together. This is how all of Scripture then fits together and, and the doctrines that are formed from the teachings from Scripture. And Paul says, hey, what, what, what do you need to be going after? This is what you need to make sure is taking place. That you're, that you're opening up God's word, you're walking through scripture, you're applying it in your lives. And so we, we need to be a church that always has this at, at the center focus of what's, uh, of what's taking place in the, in the life of the, of the church here. And he continues here, verse 14. Do not neglect the gift that you have that was given to you by prophecy when the, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Do not neglect the gift that you have. <clears throat> Don't squander the gift. God has given each of us. When you come to Christ, we, we are promised here with spiritual gifts. In an area here, and in this case, in in Timothy's life, this was something where really God's call on his life and the gifts that he had, that then the elders that had came together, the council of elders, had actually recognized that and placed hands on to send into the work of of the gospel ministry. 
And we see, look, that that, that gift that, that, uh, that those elders saw and laid hands on and that God has called you to, don't squander it. Keep working on it. Use those gifts for all of us here. Use our gifts and abilities that God has given to us to further his kingdom. To, to keep working on it. To keep at it. Don't neglect that. But verse 15, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Practice these things. Immerse Saturate yourself. And this is something where, again, it's just that call, man. Just keep working out in these areas. Keep developing. Keep growing in these areas. Here, uh, I'll never forget here. A number of years ago, many years ago, uh, we were actually in upstate New York, and I was an associate pastor at a church there. And uh, I'd been there for, for a couple of years. And one Sunday I, I was preaching and it got done and an older gentleman came forward and came down and just said, oh man, Pastor Steve, that was just great. Thanks so much. Wow, that was just a, a, a great sermon. And so I was like, well, I mean, thanks. He says, because I got to tell you, man, when you first came, I wasn't that impressed. I mean, he is dead serious. And I said, well, thanks. I'm glad that I've improved. And then she noticed that. It's great to be humbled, isn't it? And uh, yeah. But, but the idea is, is that here, that, that really what he's saying is that we need to keep progressing. We need to keep advancing and working on these things that, uh, uh, that God has gifted us in. Pastor needs to be growing We need to be growing so that others can see and imitate. And you can apply this. This is is leadership principle 101 right here, right? Dads, you need to be growing so that your wife and kids can see that and to, to imitate those things. Moms, you need to be growing. As we're trying to, whoever it is that God has placed that we're leading and directing, we need to be busy and at work and growing and developing as God has called us to. Verse 16, he says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Keep a close watch on yourself and your teaching. He's saying, look, Timothy, you need to be doing a lot of self-checks here. Need to be one that's quick to be evaluating and where am I at and how am I doing and putting those, those things in place in your life that you have accountability and evaluation. Because by doing so, he says, you will save yourself and your hearers. He's saying the, the first thing is you're gonna save yourself, you're gonna keep yourself from going off track if you continue to do those self-checks and you continue to have people that, around you to keep you accountable. And it'll keep you from going off track, and it will also keep what you're saying and teaching to others from going off track. Literally, the idea here is that the goal here is that I would get so fired up by this passage and God working in it, and then get up and communicate that out 
out of what God has been teaching and growing me. It's kind of the idea that he's saying to Timothy. Persist in that. Let God rock you and then start sharing it out. That sound familiar? Yeah, it's a great principle for all of us there. May God just continue to move in this place and light us on fire for Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, I, I do appreciate uh, every so often as you get on Facebook and uh, you, you see those, uh, I don't even remember how they phrase it there, but it's, uh, it's uh, four years ago today, something that you posted or six years ago or eight years ago. And, and a lot of times I don't repost those things or, or that. Tiffany and I, we share an account. She, uh, she does a lot of that or doesn't do much, but we'll a lot of times take that, that pick and, and we'll copy it. And then we send it through our family thread to all of our kids and stuff. And a lot of times you see some, I mean, there's some great pictures as you're looking back from, from six years ago, eight years ago and things that we were doing and, and to be able to look at that. But it is funny, as soon as you see that picture, you immediately recognize this isn't current, right? And you're seeing how everybody, especially with, with the kids who are now grown and married themselves and they were back in the high school days and man, how, so much has changed then. And, and, and I was thinking through and really uh, from this passage and just thinking through this and saying, what if when you saw this six years ago, eight years ago today, and you see that pic and you can't tell if it's, if it's now or if it was then because nothing had changed. And, and I think that's, that's really sometimes where we're at in our spiritual life, where we, we may know Jesus Christ as Savior. We may have been living for him for many years, but in that process have just gotten stagnant and that nothing's changing, that we're not growing. So we want to be careful. The, the challenge of this passage is just that. Man, we need to be on fire working out in our spiritual life. Letting Jesus Christ and his word rock us and change us and grow us. And that's something that doesn't stop at any given age, but just continues and continues until we're with him in person for eternity. And all God's people said, amen. So how's that going in your life? How you doing with that? Are you being rocked daily, weekly with his word? Worship, prayer, are you growing? If those that are close to you, maybe at work or maybe at home, and they, and they look back a number of years and say, has anything changed in your walk with Christ? Are you seeing a change of growth? I think this week, it's time to get out our workout clothes and, uh, and uh, just get rekindle that passion for a spiritual workout. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. 